0: Around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Terry Mize Ministries podcast. This is Lynn Mize, and I'm sitting here with Terry and Renee Mize, and we're spending December talking about a lot of things in ministry, and one of the things is our outreach to orphans overseas. Uh, you can find out more about that at t e r r y m i z e dot com. And see what we're doing, uh, some resources there, projects, upcoming trips, and that sort of a thing so uh, so check us out, send us messages, uh, stay in touch with us there. but today we're talking about missions and we're talking about outreach, and we're talking about um, how we go about touching people uh, the best way, touching their lives and changing their lives and Dad, we were talking off air about even the difference between missions and outreach. Sure. Of course. So, you know, and I've heard you talk to pastors, you know, and they say, we're doing this here in the city and we're doing that there in the city and we have a feeding program and all of our missions money goes to that. And I've heard you stop and say, well, that's great. And I'm glad you're doing that. But that's not missions.
2: Right. No, absolutely. Every, every church, whether it's in America or whether it's in other countries of the world, every church has a responsibility to do outreach and so when pastors uh, feed the hungry, have a feeding program, or when they uh, do other benevolent things in their church or have any kind of uh, fundraising thing to help the homeless or or any such thing like that, uh, is simply uh, outreach, and it's great, and it's wonderful, and it's godly, and it's marvelous, and every church needs to do it. No church should not do it. Uh, but to call it missions is not really accurate, and uh, missions is one of those terms that has been so misused and abused over the years because almost every church and every ministry, traveling ministry, and even every Christian just throws it around and says, Oh, well, here's my mission field. Oh, here's my mission field. Oh, my mission field is, is the house down the block. Or my mission field is, you know, the, my kids' classroom. Or my mission field is uh, Southern California or Eastern Michigan. Or my, this is my mission field. And, uh, But missions, you know, we need to make the distinction between church outreach and church missions because missions should be uh, in my opinion, anyway, should, should go overseas, even though we use the term sometimes I tell, and I'll tell pastors, I say, well, at least, at least call it home missions. Don't, don't just call it missions. If you're going to, if you're just hung up on using the word missions, (laughs) then, then use the word home missions, even though again, it's not home missions, it's, it's outreach. Yeah.
1: Well, you, you use the, you use the term a lot, um, and you say that, that in the United States of America, we don't have very many of the untold. What well, we well, have I, well,
2: I used to say that. That's not as true. That's not as true now. Our, our, our country is right. so messed That's up. That's true. We're
1: having a turnover. Yeah, uh, yeah we have because the nation's no, heathen.
2: Because in the old days, you know, every, every kid in school uh, was told. I mean, we'd tell it in school. We'd tell it uh, almost anywhere. Uh, but, you know, the last number of years, the administrations we've had in the White House, and the things that have been going on, the attack on the church, Uh, The scandals in the church, the biased news media, uh, the political correctness, you know, you know, we now they're telling us don't have manger scenes on the courthouse lawn. Don't don't have the Ten Commandments up. So so used to I say America is not a heathen nation. It's just a God-rejecting nation. It's Mm. not that we haven't been told. It's it's that we have been told and rejected it. Uh, But that's not true anymore. We actually have heathen now, and we actually have people living in the States that that haven't heard because they're not raised in church. School's not allowed to tell them about it. Uh, The television, Hollywood has gone nuts and and taken you away from church. And so that that, that really used to be an accurate statement when I made it decades ago, but it's really not that accurate anymore.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, I, and 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 there has been a tremendous turnover in this nation, and and we have, you know, this is not your father's United States of America. No, it's right. not. Um, but the, what we're talking about is the difference between missions and outreach, and we need to do them both. No, exactly. But if we don't watch out, we use our missions money for outreach, and so the mission is, we end
2: up robbing Peter to pay Paul. That's exactly right, and uh, I, I even had a, a pastor a number of years ago that a good guy, really good guy. And a friend of mine even wrote a letter to people, and he said, uh, "He said I'm so tired of, of the church sending all her missions money overseas to missionaries." And I thought, "What? <laughs> yeah, what? You know?" And, and his point was, you know, we need to spend it here at home as well. But but sure. you know, by definition, to me, missions money goes overseas, right? And right. outreach money can go stay here in the states. I'm for churches in America doing outreach. Right. I'm a hundred percent for it. I'm I'm absolutely. Totally for it. Well, I but mean, it's not missions. Right.
0: right. And it goes to motive again. It goes back to the heart, it goes back to how people think that you know it's like can we hold two thoughts in our brain at the same time yeah sure (laughs) and that is if we're really going to do acts 1 8 if we're really going to do the uh, the book of acts kind of gospel then then everything gets divided out and set out in order and administration in the right way and nothing suffers Mm -hmm. i mean god's attitude is that there there be nothing lacking nothing broken nothing missing everything living in a realm of abundance and the more the church thinks Think low; they're going to think either or, right? And the more they 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 try to uh, split hairs on on the vocabulary, then they're going to miss it, or they're going to be offended about something the pastor says, or some missionary or Terry comes in and with a very strong apostolic message for the church. We have to think higher about all of this and see. You know, I don't. I will lift up mine eyes into the hills. That's a question coming. From whence cometh my help? Mm. Well, my help's not coming from the cavalry coming over the hill Mm -hmm. to help me. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So there has to be a higher look and a higher expectation so that people don't think Uh, I'm going to take care of my little mission field is right here, and I'm just going to do my little mission field. But I have to go do both of them. God expects me to pray for everything and pray about all of it, and then He expects me to get involved. Obviously, my body is here. I've got to take care of my family and my neighbors and my school and things like that. But my heart and my prayers and my focus and my money can still go out there. Absolutely. And Christians tend to take the lower Thinking about, we just think, low, oh, I can't. We think like grasshoppers instead of thinking like we are well able.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, that it, talking about outreach versus missions, you know, you've said, as long as I can remember, that the light that shines the farthest away exactly. will also be the brightest at home. Absolutely. So if you're going to make an impact overseas, a strategic impact in some nation, then just by Just by the way things work, naturally, as you get closer to the source, that being the church, then you're going to see that that light's awfully bright in that community as well. That's right. Right. Well,
2: the the whole point of the statement was that a a church that gets involved in missions and does things overseas and helps people around the world to vindicate the blood of Jesus, to help the people that Jesus died for to get to heaven, then they're going to have a strong local church. The, the, The church at home is going to be strong. You know, my dear friend and pastor and mentor and father in the faith, John Osteen, uh, Joel's daddy, that started Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas, Brother Osteen was such a missions pastor that he used to make this statement all the time. He'd say, you know, you give to missions even if you can't pay your bills around the church. You yeah. give to missions if you can't do anything else. And, and of course, he was such a strong missions giver, and, of course, he didn't lack doing things around the church. And look at Lakewood today. It's the largest church in America.
1: No, and and, and, and as, as tremendous of a job as, as Joel Osteen's done, he's the name that people in today's age, no. But that foundation was laid by Brother Osteen by his father many, 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 many years before anybody ever heard of Joel. Well pastors
0: I was just gonna say in regard to you talking about Brother Osteen that that pastors really have a tremendous responsibility on them for administration to understand the full weight of what the gospel means of taking it to the world. Brother Osteen was a tremendous administrator and was able to manage the money and take care of the, the light that was going to shine the brightest and make sure it went out. And he had, he maneuvered that church through building programs, through missions conferences, through recessions, <laughs> through all of these things. And pastors have that, have to take on that ability and believe God for that to really know how to handle the work of the ministry during those times, because uh, governments and all kinds of things can change, laws can change, the, the your congregation dynamic can change, uh, brother big name and sister tutti frutti, and and you know the, all the money that was coming in through one family can can leave and move away, and there's all of these things. So there's a great responsibility put on the ministry to know how to keep the focus of missions and both administrating what's at home in order to do that. And I would just encourage everybody to to think high instead of thinking low. And like Terry said, Brother Osteen had, had a standard that he set. Of this is how we're going to run this church. And he never deviated from that and kept that church out of debt and giving to missions right up until the day he left, till there was nothing ever lacking for any ministry outreach for the church within the city. And there was never any missions lack in those that they supported.
1: Well, as a ministry and as a family, we've lived that way. I've heard you say that for years, that that we're going to give to missions if we don't do anything else That's around right. here. That's and, right. That's And, you know, every, every, in your words, every Friday of the world. Mm-hmm. We cut a tithe check and we cut our, our, our offerings to the ministries that we support. Exactly and, right. and you know, as when I when I first started working for you and I'd come in and say, I'd say, hey, money's tight. You know, I need to pay tithe and I need to do this. But, you know, I've got all these bills over here. You'd say, Lynn, what have I told you? We pay tithe and we give offerings if we don't do anything else around here. That's exactly
2: right. So, um, But you know what I started this podcast off with today, Lynn, was that missions has been watered down. Missions has become the catchphrase, the catchword of anybody in the church, uh, any saint in the church, any traveling minister, any pastor. uh, Anytime they want to raise money or do anything for any reason, they just throw the tag missions on it because they feel like it has some special little magic connotation to help people get money. And it should have, but but the meaning has been watered down. And so now we just call this missions and that missions and something else missions. And, you know, I was talking to my dear friend, uh, Art Aragon, not very long, he pastors a great church out in in Anaheim in LA. And, uh, you know, Art Art had such a great perspective on things. He said, you know, Terry, he said, I go to, I go to foreign countries once in a while, once a year, twice a year and uh, and in preaching some church. He said, but I never think I'm a missionary. He said, I know I'm not a missionary. He said, I'm a pastor who's made a trip to a foreign country and preached in a church. But he said, a lot of times people say, oh, Brother Art, you've been overseas. and You're a missionary. You do missionary. He said, no, 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 I don't do missions work. He says, guys like Terry Mize do missions work. Other people do missions work. He says, I'm, I'm a pastor <laughs> and I right. go overseas once in a while and I preach once in a while. But he said, but I'm not. That does not make me a missionary, nor am I a missionary expert or know you know the ins and outs of missions. And so, you know, he had such a good, strong perspective on that. And uh, you know, you know, in the old days, uh, whenever somebody in the church just 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 brother and sister, you know. Joe charismatic and Susie charismatic. Whenever they wanted to go on a mission trip with some missionary, you know they would take vacation time to do that. They would raise money, uh, save their own money, and pay for it. But now whenever you see that happen in the church, you see teenagers going overseas or you see a church man or woman going overseas, man, they immediately start writing a missions letter and start asking people to give to them and give to my missions work. And I'm going to change this nation and all this kind of stuff. It's just become a catchphrase Mm -hmm. and a catchword that we just hang the word missions on on absolutely everything. And yet we need to get it back to its pure form. So we understand that missions has to do with Jesus died on the cross so that people wouldn't go to (laughs) hell. So so what we have to understand is that if we don't do missions people will go to hell. Mm-hmm. And so you have to you have to measure your trip that way does my trip have anything to do uh, does this ministry I'm supporting have anything to do with heaven and hell, does it have anything to do with with causing people to go to heaven? Does it have anything to do with what Jesus died for, or is it just another good church thing? Church, the church does lots and lots of good things. You've mm-hmm. heard me say all your life that 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 many times, good uh, good becomes uh, becomes the enemy of best, right? Because church people are good people, churches mm-hmm. are good things, churches do good things. They don't do bad things. They do good things, and so sometimes we get so busy uh, in all the good things we do. Uh, like feeding the hungry and, 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 and doing outreaches and all those kind of things, we get so busy doing the good things that there's no time or money left to do the best thing. That same thing can happen in, in marriages. You know, husbands and wives can get so busy taking care of the kids and going to work and, and keeping the house and keeping the money and doing this and that, and they do all those good things. They're good. Every one of those things are good, but they get so busy that they don't have time for the best things, so they leave their wife unattended to or unloved or their husband unattended to or unloved or their kids Raise themselves or whatever, uh, because the best gets left out because right. we're doing so much good.
1: Yeah, and 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 best in this case, we're talking about. You used the phrase earlier in this in this podcast, vindicating the blood of Jesus. That's right. That's a that's a strong, powerful statement. But that's really it. Really puts it into perspective what we're doing. We're we're yeah, we're we're justifying the blood that Jesus shed, absolutely. not letting it go to waste by going and telling these people about the things of God. And in, in pre-production, uh, Renee, you brought in your notes of things. That you wanted to touch on today and i was going through them and here here at the very bottom you write the bottom line is always winning souls that's right yeah. always, because at the always. end of the day dad you've said this for years if you pray for a man and he gets healed that's wonderful mm-hmm. and, and and we're thrilled with that right but if you get that man saved and he doesn't get healed then eventually he'll go to heaven and get healed anyway. That's right.
2: You get healed when you get to heaven.
1: Yeah. So, so you know, if you've got to pick one.
2: You know, T.L. Osborne told me that many, many decades ago. He said, you know, Terry, he said, he said, you've got a miracle ministry. He said, I've got a miracle ministry. He said, we've seen lots of blind eyes open, lots of deaf ears unstopped, lots of cripples walk. And he said, and he said, and it's so nice. It's so wonderful. He said, every time we see a blind eye open, we just rejoice and think it's wonderful. Every time a deaf ear comes open, we think it's wonderful and rejoice. And every time a cripple walks, we think it's wonderful and rejoice. But he said, you know, bottom line is, 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 if they get to heaven, they're gonna get healed anyway. He used to say this. He'd say, you know, uh, healings are only temporary, hmm. and he'd say salvation's the only miracle that lasts forever, it's the only
1: eternal miracle.
2: And he said, if you get people saved, then when they get to heaven, their 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 eyes are gonna be open, their ears are gonna be open, their their legs are gonna work, they're gonna they're gonna be completely healed. But if you don't get them saved, right, then they go to a devil's hell for eternity where they 'll never be healed and where they'll be in torment for all, all their days and that so we have to always go back why did Jesus die? Right. Why did God send Jesus? Why did Jesus go to the cross? Why did he shed blood? Why did he take stripes on his back? Why did Jesus do what he did? Why did God do what he did to Jesus? It's all comes back to so people will go to heaven.
0: what yeah. is that quote you always that we love to hear Brother Wayne Myers say, and that is um if you knew five minutes, oh yeah, yeah. tell the folks yeah. that that's yeah. such a good quote.
2: If a person knew five minutes before they die, if they knew af- five minutes after they die, no, if they knew, if they, oh, no, you're no. Let me tell it. <laughs> if a person knew five minutes before they died. The same right. information that they know five minutes after they died, my then hell would my. be empty and heaven, and would, heaven be full. would be full. That's that
0: right. quote just always stirs me down to my most pe- big If
2: people knew five minutes
1: before they died, what they know five, five minutes, minutes after, after they, they died, died, then hell would be empty and heaven, and
0: heaven would, would be, be full. full. Absolutely. And that's the focus that the church needs to have. You always have to go back to... To what you're actually believing and understanding in your heart, because I think, you know, Terry and I, all of us, we've seen so many ministries, especially pastors in local churches, they get so busy doing all of these programs and keeping the congregation happy and all of this stuff. And they get so distracted with all of that instead of just going back to their office or going back to their study and just sitting there with their Bible open and reading John three sixteen, calming the brain. <laughs> (laughs) Calming the emotions and realizing that this is really all about Jesus and what our church is going to do to love people. And if you do that and focus that and keep your heart going in that direction, then everything, you know, like Proverbs 4 says, everything will flow out of that. It'll flow out of the goodness of that thought. Hmm.
2: Yeah, but as I was saying a while ago, missions has gotten so watered down, even to right. let's say, let's say if you were to walk up to a, any Christian, I don't care, Baptist Methodist, I don't care who they are, Pentecostal doesn't matter, say 30 years ago, and you said, uh, define the Great Commission for me. They'd tell you. They'd say, well, it's going into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's getting people saved. It's rescuing perishing souls. It's reaching way down and, and lifting way up. It's taking light to darkness. It's taking, it's setting people free from bondage. It's rescuing them from a devil's hell. It's preaching Jesus whom it's vindicating the blood of Jesus. It's, it's, it's soul winning. But if you ask the average church person today, I don't care who they are, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecost, I don't care who they are. If you say, "Tell me what is the Great Commission?", they'll all say this phrase. They'll say, "Making disciples,
0: mm-hmm.
2: making disciples," and so, so we've watered missions down so much that's right to where it doesn't really mean anything. We say, "Making disciples." Well, what in the world does that mean, making disciples? Uh, I've said this for many years. You've heard me say it. If we take a church full of, of Christians, let's say I've got 100 people that I'm preaching to. Let's say I've got 10,000 people I'm preaching to, and, and I've got a mega church, and they're all Christians. And uh, if 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 I preach to them the next five years and teach them really good stuff, teach them really good word, teach, make them really good disciples, well, when they die, they're going to go to heaven. So whether they die today, they're going to go to heaven. Or whether they die 10 years from now, they're still going to go to heaven. That's right. But if we if, if we don't go tell the sinner about Jesus and get him saved, right. then he's going to go to hell. So the difference is, are they going to heaven? Or are they going to hell? And that phrase, that whole that whole making the sign, you know, I'm. you heard me say in a missions conference profound. not very long ago, I said probably the meanest phrase or the meanest teaching that's ever been perpetrated on the church of Jesus Christ is to say that the Great Commission means making disciples. And yet every pastor says it. I mean, from the platform, week after week, month after month, year after year, they say, it's making disciples, it's making disciples. Well, no, it's not. It's absolutely not. And the way they came up with that whole thing is because Jesus gave us the Great Commission five times. He gave it to us, the last of Matthew, the last of Mark, the last of Luke, the right. last of John, and the first of Acts. You've got five places that Jesus gave us the Great Commission and said, get into the world and rescue people and, and, and rescue perishing souls and, and love the unlovely and tell the untold and reach the unreached and all that. And, uh, and, and yet in Matthew's gospel, it uses the word teach. It says, go into all the world and, and teach all nations. Uh, and, and it goes, and that's how it starts. off. that's how the great commission starts off in the book of Matthew. Now what's happened about, oh, 15, 20 years ago is that preachers started looking in concordances. And so they, they hung up on that word teach. And the only place that's used is Matthew. It's not used in Mark. It's not used, it's used in Luke or John or Acts. It's just used in Matthew. And, uh, so what they did, they went to the concordance and they looked up the word teach And, you know, if you look it up in the concordance, there's probably 15 definitions of the word teach. And one of those definitions says make disciples. And so somehow the church locked into that phrase and they said, bingo, that's it. That's what the Great Commission is. It's making disciples. So in other words, I'm going to go all over the world and teach people to be just like me. Well, number one, the Bible forbids you from even having disciples. You know, Terry Mines doesn't have any disciples. I I can only make disciples for Jesus. But uh, uh, I don't want people to be like me. I want people to be like Jesus. And so what happens is 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 uh, if you look at the concordance, another definition means make Christians. Well, I like that a whole lot better. Right. Mm-hmm. And here's the problem with preachers using concordances. Now don't 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 hang up if you think I'm against concordances. I'm not. I use them myself. I'm just mm-hmm. saying here's the problem. There's a downside, right. uh just like there's an upside. And one of the downsides is that when you look up a word in the concordance, there may be 10, 15, 20, 25 definitions. And so what you do is you go down that whole list until you find the definition that fits your sermon <laughs> right. or that you like best, and you preach yeah. it for gospel truth. Well, yeah. it may not be gospel truth. It just fits your sermon or it fits your idea. It may have a different meaning. And so when when the church has looked at that phrase all these years now and said, make disciples, they've just locked into that. And they say, bingo, that's it. Forget it. That's the definition of the Great Commission. It's about making disciples. Well, see, that's what I call in and you've heard me say this all your life. It's what I call teaching the taught. Right. Teaching the taught. There's two kinds of ministry. There's teaching the taught or ministering to Christians or making disciples. And there's reaching the lost. Well, missions is about reaching the lost. Missions is about vindicating the blood of Jesus. Missions is about taking that man that's going to hell and rescuing him that's so he's right. not going to hell anymore. That's it. And so it's so you've got teaching the taught. That's what I'm doing today. All these people listening to me on podcast today, most likely 100% of them are Christians. I'm teaching the taught today. I'm ministering to the taught today. That's I'm ministering right. to Christians today. I'm, right. I'm making disciples today. They're hearing what I'm saying, and they're making a decision to follow those things. They're, they're becoming disciples. But uh, reaching the lost is a whole different category than teaching the taught. Jesus didn't die for us to teach the taught. Jesus died for us to reach the lost. That's what this whole thing's about. God wants. Man, God took Jesus out of heaven and put him on earth so god could get man out of out of earth and into heaven
0: right (laughs) you
2: understand what i'm saying to you Uh that's right so this is this is this is a a really dangerous doctrine and and yet good people do it now people that say great commission is is making disciples they're not bad people they're good people right And, and 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 a bunch of friends of mine but it's just not an accurate statement because then if you look at if you look at mark's gospel the Great Commission, it's very plainly talking about reaching the lost. Because he says in Mark in Mark sixteen and Mark fifteen Mark sixteen, starting at verse fifteen through eighteen, he says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. Now listen to this. He says, And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Damned to where? Damned to hell. For how long? For eternity. He's he's not talking here about teaching the talk. He's talking very plainly about reaching the lost. That if we don't go around the world and preach to every creature, they're going to go to hell. They're going to be damned. Hmm. And then you get out of uh, there and, and get into Luke's gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke 24, 47. Now, Dr. Luke wasn't with them. He's a medical doctor, but he wasn't with them originally. He didn't run around with Jesus personally. But he took uh, he took interviews later and asked questions later and interviewed the disciples, and then he wrote the book of Luke, and he also wrote the book of Acts. He wrote the book of Luke uh, based on the interviews that he took with the disciples and those that had been with Jesus. And so whenever he wrote the Great Commission in Luke 24, 47, it says this, that repentance and remission of sins be preached in his name in all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So there's the Great Commission in Luke. But it's very definitely and totally positively talking about reaching the lost because he uses the words repentance and he uses the word remission of sins sense. he's not talking about teaching the taught he's not talking about making disciples mm, and then you so get good. into the book of John book of John John 2021 20, Jesus says as my father sent me so send i You, that's the great commission in John. One verse later, it says, and so whoever sins you remit, they'll be remitted. And whoever sins you retain, they'll be retained. He's talking very specifically about reaching the lost, about remitting sins, about getting sinners saved. And then you get over in the book of Acts, the fifth place he tells us about the great commission, uh, Acts one eight, He says, now, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you're going to receive power to be a witness for me or a testifier for me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and in all the earth or the uttermost parts of the earth. So he's talking very specifically in in all those gospels. He's talking very specifically about reaching the lost, not talking about teaching the taught, but yet the church is just hung up on Matthew, on that one little word, there, teach where Jesus said, "Go into all nations mm-hmm. and teach." And there's nothing wrong with teaching, but they've hung up there instead of instead of saying it means making Christians and winning the lost. They just they've thrown out winning the lost. They've thrown out soul winning. They've thrown out reaching sinners. They've thrown out vindicating the blood of Jesus. And they say, "Well, if I just go overseas and go in a church, you know, in Germany or in South Africa or in Australia or in Singapore or here or there, if I just go preaching some church on a Sunday, then I'm." making disciples, then I'm doing the Great Commission. And that's such a dangerous, dangerous position.
0: That was very well said. I hope everybody listened in on that, that that's, that really lays out the wisdom of the preaching of the gospel, the ministry The, the work that the church needs to be done. And I think this one broadcast and the way Terry just said that it just needs to be played before every ministry in America to lay that out because we've gotten so confused over that. And then with all the political correctness and seeker sensitive and all of these things, we've dumbed down explanation. We've dumbed down the the reality of the wisdom of God in preaching this gospel, and that well, and now was just we've got,
2: Now we've even got what we're what we're calling Chrislam, where we've got Christian oh, yeah. ministers that are Dasterly blending Islam evil. with with it, <laughs> that, and they're calling it Chrislam, goodness. Chrislam, part Christianity, part Islam. That's just a that that's just a that's doctrines an, an of insult. demons. <laughs> it is doctrines of demons. It's an insult to heaven, and it's a and it's a praise to hell. And you can't have that sort of thing. But the church is getting watered down. In so many ways, but you know, even in our outreach ministry to uh, to orphans, I mean, we're big on taking care of orphans, and big on helping widows, and big on helping right. uh, you know people with the, this had disasters, earthquakes, tsunamis, that sort of thing. But you know, you've heard me; I never call that missions. No. You know, no. <laughs> when, when there people ask me about orphans, I don't ever call that mission. I said, no, that's taking care of orphans. Yes, yeah. that that's out. That's a command of God. Old Testament, a command of God. New Testament that we take care of the fatherless, that we take care of the widows well, and it, orphans. Yeah. And
0: yeah. you go back to the word. God's just laid that out. You know, just like you said there, you know, book by book of the gospel, the wisdom of God of how to do. We can think two thoughts in our brain at the same time. We can handle the concept of that. But we have to stay, like Terry said, with Bible terminology we have to stay with the system that god has designed
2: yeah
1: dad i've heard you call it i've heard you call it for years your it's just your due
2: service exactly absolutely. as a christian exactly. no, absolutely it is proverbs 31 in verse 8 and verse 9 you've heard me quote those forever because they're the reasons i get out of bed in the morning it's like firing my bones and it says open your mouth for the dumb and the cause of all such as appointed to destruction see people are appointed to destruction they're going to hell Every baby born on this planet, because of what Adam did, has a destiny or a date with hell. That's their future. Unless we interrupt them, unless we get in their face, unless a Christian comes along and stops them and tells them the truth. And it goes on to the next verse, it says, open your mouth and judge righteously and plead the cause or plead the case of the poor and needy. Now, the NIV says it more in our vernacular day, and it says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute, speak up and judge fairly. And defend the rights of the poor and needy. Then in James one twenty seven it says pure religion, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Now God's going to give us the definition. It says to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and you keep yourself unspotted from the world. Now what if, what if that's what the church's reputation was today? What what if the churches in our towns all across America? That's right. What, what if goodness. their reputation in the town was, uh, "Hey, I don't know about those people that go out there. That church, I mean, they speak funny language. They call it speaking in tongues. They lift their hands when they sing. Uh, I don't know what all they believe and what all they do, but I do know this: I know they take care of widows and orphans. I know they take care of the poor. Now, see what a what a reputation that would That's be. That's
0: right.
1: No, that's powerful. That's absolutely powerful. Um, one of the things that we do, Dad, as we wrap things up here, is uh this this time of the year, we put our 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 you know our money where our mouth is, and we take care of widows and orphans, and and in particular, we take care of orphans and missionaries and missionary kids at Christmas time, because so so much of the time they're out of sight, out of mind. And we're going to be talking about this all month. We talked about it on last week's podcast, and we'll touch on it all this all this month as we lead up to Christmas because it's important to us, and we want them to know that we care. We want them to know that we're we're for what they're doing, and we want them to know that Jesus loves them. And you don't have to you don't have to suffer just because you gave your life. the gospel.
2: No, absolutely. And, you know, know, we take care of them all year long. We're not just at Christmas. But at Christmas, we do make a big push because uh, even though Jesus is the reason for the season, Christians still get stretched at home. And they get pushed, and they think, "Oh, I got to buy Christmas for my kids, for my grandkids. I've got to do this, I've got to do this." And and orphans kind of get forgotten about, and missionaries kind of get forgotten about, and the church kind of gets forgotten about. So uh, Jesus really is the reason for the season, and so we do make a push to, uh, for uh, Christmas uh, presents. And so what we do is we've got five, we've got uh, five different nations. That we try to send Christmas presents to every year to to several orphan homes. In fact, uh, we typically it's it's a ten. Last year we actually had enough money that we included two more, and we sent we sent Christmas to uh, to twelve homes in five different nations: the nation of India and Romania, the nation of Haiti, Jamaica, and Mexico, and twelve different homes in those nations. We were able to bless at Christmas time last year, and and uh, so we're making a push to do the same thing this year.
1: Yeah, and we talked about that extensively on last week's podcast, but uh, we want to invite you to, to And you know,
2: Lynn, these, these podcasts are archives, and when you say we did it on last week's broadcast, somebody can actually go back and listen to that.
1: Sure, absolutely, and we talk about it in more in depth, And but we wanted to touch on it today. We wanted to invite you to get involved with us, and I said this last week, and I want to say it again. We, as a policy, don't ask people for money. We've never asked people for money. God's our source, and that's the way it's always been, and that's the way it'll always be. But the one time that we don't mind doing it is uh, is industry. December, making a big push for for Christmas because we're not asking for money for us we're asking for money for orphans for missionaries for missionary kids for staff that takes care of orphanages uh, for us around the world and so we want to ask you to prayerfully consider getting involved with that above and beyond your normal missions offering get involved with it and we and we send a hundred percent of everything that comes in there's no overhead taken out no expenses the ministry covers all of that so a hundred percent of any extra offering that you give to take care of these kids at Christmas time will go to them will go directly to what we're raising money for. So we want to invite you to be a part of that. You can get a hold of us through terrymize.com, T-E-R-R-Y-M-I-Z-E.com. Our address is on there. You can also give online. You can find us on Terry Mize Ministries at at face on Facebook. Uh, you can certainly call the office, 918-392-9930. Um, I'd be happy to talk to you. My wife Julie's is uh, available. Um, you know, we want to we want to hear from you and we want to be involved with you. So pray about that. Think about that. And uh, we just want to encourage you to be involved in and in at this time of the year when it's so easy to get caught up in what we're doing and our own personal issues, we want to remind people to keep the world in mind and touch somebody else at this time. So we appreciate you being here. We're enjoying doing these podcasts and we've had tremendous response from our listening audience and uh, we believe this has been a blessing to you and we're going to continue to do with your help and the grace of God. We're going to continue to do what we've always done. And that is give living bread to dying men around the world. For those of you who want to get involved with the orphans overseas in this Christmas project, we want to offer you um, a CD. We want to give back to you. Uh, Dad just spoke in Florida not long ago and produced a CD called On Your Way to a Miracle. And we want to give that to you just for free. So anytime you you commit or you send an offering to get involved in this Christmas project to help orphans and orphanages overseas, then we're going to send that to you. So let us know. Designate the offering that it's uh, so we'll know that it's for um, for the project and we'll send this out to you because we we know it'll be a blessing to you well thank you so much we appreciate you joining us and we look forward to being with you again next week
0: you've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast for all the latest updates to our global projects speaking engagements and social media visit us at terrymize.com You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at TerryMize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.